This is Hope FM. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that every month uh, Emma comes and joins me and uh, we talk about the Community Hero of the Month. I can't believe, Emma, that a month has passed and here we are again. I know, it just flies by, doesn't it? <laughs> now, obviously, every month you, you, you set a theme, uh, which is sort of a criteria for the charity to be selected and, and everybody puts their bids uh, into But this year, uh, it was linked into a special day. Yeah, so um, March um, sees the celebration of International Women's Day. So we wanted to ask charities to put themselves forward that supported women and um, young girls, really, anyone that kind of supported the female population. <laughs> well, indeed, the charity that, that you cited for this month is well known to me. You know, uh, uh, when I was director at the YMCA, I, I was very much, you know, knowing what was going on on the grind and, and whatever. So, but did you have did you have a big entry? Oh, we had lo- we had absolutely tons. And um, because of that, we wanted to kind of, we did a social media campaign um, throughout the week, um, International Women's Day week and um, kind of shared information about all the different charities that put themselves forward because there was just so many. It was so difficult to, difficult to choose this time around. So if you're one of those charities that, that entered and you weren't successful, well, don't worry about it because always next year. Oh, yeah. And uh, and we, we know that, that all of the voluntary organisations, you do amazing, amazing work. It's just Phenomenal. that there does have to be... Uh, I think everybody's a winner, doesn't there? But there has to be a selection. Yes, agreed. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I should ask you, Emma, is there's there's lots of people vol- you know who are involved with voluntary organisations, and they may not know about the work of Can. How that was possible, I don't know. You know, with, uh, with whatever. But but say just a wee bit about what Can does. Yeah. So um, Can is an infrastructure organisation. So we support um, and champion other voluntary and community organisations across Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul and now wider Dorset as well. So we um, empower, enable and involve the community. So we want to um, champion, involve and encourage voluntary and community sector organisations to work better together and work in partnership and also work with our statutory colleagues and partners. And then we also enable volunteering. So we get um, we support organisations to access volunteers within the community. We've also supported the mass vaccination site and the Together We Can um, programme through COVID uh, alongside our partners, Dorset Healthcare and BCP Council. And then we also empower. So we empower organisations to survive and thrive. And we do that by um, providing advice, training, um governance advice, all that sort of stuff to make sure that an organisation is in the best possible place to um, progress forward, really. And, of course, the affiliation to the organisation, it won't cost you a penny. No, no, completely (laughs) free. It is, and and so you've got all that support. And, of course, many voluntary organisations are relatively small organisations, so I guess being part of something a little bit bigger. And uh, and if you volunteered, you know, during the the last two years with COVID, and that's still going on, of, of course... But, I mean, you had thousands of people come forward uh, and, again, you were able to support them and have continued to support them going forward. Have, have you got any, any plans as we... I know where things are changing a little bit because we're now into another round of vaccinations for the 75 and vulnerable, aren't we? Yes, yeah. And then we think probably in October there's going to be another round for all of us, but watch this space. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, we... Um 
our volunteers have been phenomenal. As you as you mentioned, we had over three thousand volunteers um, supporting um, the service over the last eighteen months, and we have also um, had I think it was about eighty five thousand hours um, donated um, to the mass vaccination site in the last year, which is just which is just phenomenal. Um, as far as we know, we're still we're still we're still at Kings Park supporting with the jabbing. So if you still look interested in volunteering, do please look at our website and um, we're salt, always salt of the earth. I've been I've been twice. Oh, as well screened, you know. They wouldn't let me in without <laughs> my particulars. Uh, but but of course, wearing the you know the the the, the, the high vis j- jackets and mm-hmm. all all of that, and I thought it made me proud of the of the whole voluntary organisation and the, the wonderful people, of course. Oh, they're just wonderful. They're so lovely. Yeah, they, they were doing just, everything, yeah. and I've had actually some volunteers because your colleague came on and talking to me about the uh, the volunteer fairs that are going on and actually some of the people who had volunteered themselves came on with them and uh, they, they they actually had an amazing time themselves self-development as well as helping you know other people uh, how did those fairs go did you I mean I think there, were, there, there, there was a number yeah amazing that- we had a, f- a couple of hundred people attend each each day which was amazing and uh, lots of organisations got the opportunity to talk to the general public about what they do and how the, um, people can help and yeah it was a real success it was really really exciting really great day fantastic well, now, we are here to unveil uh, the, the March Hero of the Month, and, and they are, tell us about them. Oh, the, they are just phenomenal. So, um, as I said, we wanted to kind of champion an organisation that supports um, the women of BCP. And um, this organisation put forward just a wonderful pitch about what they were doing to kind of um, celebrate International Women's Day um, and to kind of support the women that they help so the organization is bcha's women's refuge bournemouth and um yeah they're just they're just phenomenal and it's so inspirational the work that they do and also the women that they support as well are just uh, yeah amazing well we're going to be talking uh, uh, to them in in just a moment but before that of course uh, we have your your music choice and you've gone for katie perry today uh a fan yeah, yeah, I love her songs. I think they're so they're so upbeat, and they always have a bit of a meaning behind them as well, which is lovely. <laughs> well, this is far work. Thank you. This is Hope FM. Well, that's uh, Katy Perry there with the firework. Well, you heard from Emma there uh, that. Uh, this month's uh, community hero charity is uh, the Bournemouth Women's Refuge, and that is under the umbrella of Bournemouth uh, BCHA, Bournemouth Churches Housing Association. I've got Vicky here as well, who's going to be talking to me a wee bit later on. But just now, I've got Rio in the studio, and Rio, you're the senior practitioner. What do, what does that mean? Well, I would say it just just the fact that I look after Bournemouth Women's Refuge and um, we've also got um, an amazing team that looks after people that are still living independently across Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul um, that may have suffered from or may still be suffering the effects of domestic abuse. And of course very sadly I mean there's a very high level of domestic abuse anyway but of course the all that we've been through in the last two years would have made that a lot worse. Has that provided some real challenges for the organisation? 
Absolutely. During lockdown, we were guilty of forcing people to stay in this pressure cooker in their homes when perhaps relationships weren't healthy, they were toxic um, and, you know, things were already very much being controlled. Um, and then what we saw was as soon as we, we opened the world back up again, when a lockdown restrictions lifted slightly, our referrals went through the roof. Um, and then it was picking up the pieces slowly but surely. Uh, we also had the impact of, of Christmas. So Christmas rates always spike as well. Um, and other sorts of uh, national events um, that you wouldn't really think of sometimes, like Valentine's Day, like... Um, uh, like when all the football was on, um, so we've we've I guess as a team we've had to pull together during some really difficult times. Uh, we haven't had any more funding or staffing to provide those services, um, but we've got through our waiting lists successfully, um, which we're all you know proud to say that we're in we're in a good place at the moment. Now I know you have the hostel, but if people weren't residential with you, it doesn't just stop at the hostel, does it? No, that's right. So we've we have. Um, BCHA have two refuge buildings, one in Poole and one in Bournemouth. So we have 36 units of accommodation. Um, that's safe and secure housing. Um, but if someone does want to, and if it is safe to remain in the local community, um, then we would uh, outreach them. So we have staff um, to support people in their homes or they'll, they'll meet people in public spaces like cafes or doctor's surgeries. Um, and we also have drop-in locations across the area. We have a male specialist drop-in um, and then we also have our abuse support courses. So where people would like to turn up and learn a bit more about how to keep themselves safe and all of those sorts of self-help strategies around resilience and boundaries. I suppose one of the most d difficult things for any any person is to is to reach out uh, because for all sorts of reasons, people are made to feel guilty, aren't they? Sometimes, of course, uh, you know that they feel shamed, you know, whatever. But but if there's anybody listening to us right now, what what would you say to them if those sorts of thoughts are going through their mind? Either they're frightened, or they're ashamed, or or whatever other reason that would maybe stop them from reaching out for some support. I think that the message is that domestic abuse, exploitation, sexual violence, anything, um, it doesn't discriminate. And the theme this year for International Women's Day was break the bias. Um, and that was particularly important to us as an organisation because of the fact that domestic abuse does not discriminate um, irrespective of gender or age or um, your your background or maybe what you do for a living. We support people from all walks of life, be that someone uh, who's who's a highly paid surgeon in a hospital, very well respected, perhaps affluent um, or, or perhaps somebody um, that's not working at the moment. It, it absolutely does not discriminate. And so it's about breaking down and that barrier so that people aren't as ashamed if they need to seek support from our service or, or any of the other services that are out there. So in the first instance, when somebody reaches out to you, how do they normally do that? Is it on the phone, on your website? Where, where do most of your referrals come from? Most of our referrals at the moment, um, they come from sort of three core places, if you like. We take referrals from Dorset Police. So um, if Dorset Police, say a frontline officer, attends a domestic dispute at someone's family home, um, they would ask uh, in attendance whether it would be OK to share their details so that they could get them a bit of aftercare and support. Um, so then we would call uh, the family, um, the victim or the survivor, if you like, and offer our services or even just the initial 
financial advice down the phone, a little bit of signposting and what else is out there. Um, And then our other busiest area for referrals is our self-referrals, which is absolutely fantastic. And that's where you've seen a big increase. Absolutely, because it means that word is out there. We are breaking down that stigma that you talk about. And um, people are brave. I mean, to pick up the phone and verbalise about what they are experiencing at one of the most difficult times of their life, Uh, perhaps when time is limited because they only have a narrow window to pick up the phone and reach out when it's safe to do so. Um, We're totally inspired by people that do that. So, um, you know, that's where we've seen the rise, but in a good way that people are reaching out and they feel able to do so. And, of course, there there is life, and you've lots of testimonies of the fact that there's life after dark times, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, all of this takes a lot of money and, you know, BCHA is itself a voluntary organisation. And of course, you know, the re- the Women's Refuge is a project within a, a big organisation. But you've you've been doing some stuff recently to, uh, to to help to bring the necessary funds in. I mean, how much do you need on a, on a, on a on an annual basis to keep the wheels turning, to br- keep that support going? So for our for our refuge uh, buildings and our refuge staffing teams and all of our community teams, um, we're lucky enough to be commissioned by the local authority. Um, but that provides us with the skeleton, if you like. Yeah. And when you go into a service like any service, you can always look at a building or, or look at the training that we provide and, and look at our staffing and think, do you know what? We need bigger and we need better. Um, and I think that that's been our focus as a team coming together, certainly at Bournemouth Women's Refuge. We've done a lot of work around what the place looks like. We wanted people to turn up, especially families with children arriving for their first night and feel settled and comfortable and for them to have a few little luxuries lying around um, that first night. The first impressions are the most important, aren't they? Um, but. A gap in our service is the fact that we don't yet have a communal residence lounge. When women are controlled and coerced, uh, quite often their social network is, is heavily restricted. And as women, we are amazing social networkers. I can go on a school run, I can go to a play group and I can strike up a conversation and make the small talk quite easily because I want to know how the weaning is going with another mum or, <laughs> yeah. or what the ho- when the homework is due. We're really good at it. We've got the confidence to do it. But sadly, when women come into us, into our services, those sorts of skills and that confidence is lacking. So we want this communal lounge. It's going to be a shepherd's hut. Um, we're going to make it as beautiful and pretty as we can possibly manage. Fairy lights, the lot. It's so that our residents and families can get together and practice that skill of small talk again and talk about last night's EastEnders or whatever else, uh, you know. Our bridges and that's the one That's right, yeah, love it. Um, And then uh, and get back those key communication skills so that when they move on from our service and they're back out into the community, they're not suffering those feelings of isolation anymore. So Shepherd's Hut, safe place. How much will it cost you to put the, to, to make that a reality? So we've estimated that we would need around eight to ten thousand pounds because we obviously need to make it safe. We mm-hmm. need to run electricity into sure. it. We need lighting um, and a, all these fairy there. lights as well, Blair. <laughs> you oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christmas so all over that's again. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we we've been. Talking to different organisations, we uh, were lucky enough to form a professional relationship with JP Morgan recently. Uh, Initially, they donated a £1,000 for us to furnish. 
which was um, greatly appreciated. Um, we have a charity called Friends of Bournemouth Refuge. Um, unfortunately, they're closing down at the moment, but they gifted us um, some money towards the project as well. But we needed to double it. So we, we had this deficit of £4,000. So in March, uh, we set up the big sleep out in Bournemouth Square. Which you participated in. I did. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yes. <laughs> was it goals? It was. It was, um, we, it wasn't too bad until about 3am and then we really all felt the cold on our mm. faces, I think. Um, there's different parts to sleeping out all night that, that you you wouldn't even have thought about in the lead up. Um, you know, the need for a, a decent lip balm, uh, the need for um, thinking about where the toilets are in the middle of the night, almost mm. toilet anxiety, thinking where, which public toilet is open or where can I go if I need to go, mm. um, access to running water, where, where do, you know, so all these questions came up for us as a team, as 35 of us, would you believe, slept out in Bournemouth Square all night, um, which we never thought of before. Um, mm. And of course, you can't plan for those things if you are rough sleeping. Um, so it was... It was an amazing experience and one that we're not likely to forget anytime soon. So anybody who maybe is critical of people who are having to sleep out rough that should do that and then they'll soon know what it's like, wouldn't they? That's right, yeah. But I suppose also the harsh reality is that I guess that you get uh, some women and men as well you know, who, who would be fleeing from a domestic mm-hmm. situation and just for sheer safety's sake would leave but have nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's good to know that you're there. If somebody does make that call, are, 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 are they referred? What, what can they expect? What, are, what sort of steps happen? So everyone that would um, be at the end of the phone, so the first person that picks up the phone, um, I can assure you is skilled, qualified, experienced. They would be aware of the different agencies and support that's available locally um, and just outside of our local area as well because sometimes we receive calls from outside of BCMP. Um, and then we would give them the the advice in terms of their immediate safety we need to check that people are safe right now and get them that emergency help if it's required um, and then the next step would be that we take their details if it's safe to do so because uh, as sort of said earlier sometimes we get this narrow window of opportunity to engage and then we kind of see what part of our service would be the best fit for that individual um, whether it's refuge that they need and safe and secure accommodation whether that can be refuge provided locally or whether it needs to be outside of the area um, or whether perhaps they need one of our outreach community workers to come in and um, visit them and, and offer them support. It's almost like a fairy godmother at a really difficult time. We're very individ- individually led, so whatever's important to that person. And of course, all of that is highly confidential. So uh, That's right. Uh, and you mentioned children as well, and I guess that's an important aspect as well, because I guess that, that you know, uh, many mothers we maybe not leave because of the children, but actually you, you have provision for them as well, don't you? Yeah, no, you're completely right. It's another very significant barrier for someone fleeing domestic abuse. There can be so many different types of control that exist around the children but also there's that fear of not wanting 
to be a bad mum and disrupt the family home, disrupt the routine where all their lovely toys and their home comforts are, maybe their their school, their friends. Um, so it it's a big deal. When a family move in with children, it, it's it's even more important that we, we get in there quick and wrap around that quality of support. Uh, we have, I would say, roughly about 10 to 15 children living with us at one time at Bournemouth Refuge. Uh, around the same for pool refuge um, and we also have a dedicated children's support worker so even the children have their own induction bless them uh, so that we can understand perhaps what difficulties they're facing and what they'd like their own support with it's not just about mum um, it's also about the children we might need to get them in local schools they might need the school uniform they might need toys um, and we have a beautiful playroom uh, where Kira, our children's worker, uh, works. We do breakfast club. We do messy play. We have Willow, the therapy dog that comes in once a month and every child has a birthday party because we want them to move on with some positive memories of our, of their time with us. This shouldn't be part of the trauma. Uh, you know, this should be a, a place of sort of respite and recovery, basically. Well, Rio, we'll take a short break. We'll play a song and then I'll go down to Keith Jones to talk to them about the latest in books and music and then we'll come back to talk to, to your colleague Vicky and then yourself again. And maybe you could share us, without sharing names, but maybe some of the some of the stories and how the work that you do has made a real difference uh, to the people that, that that you work with. Now your song uh, is uh, Andre Day. Uh, why this one? Rise up. This was the uh, when we had the sleep out in Bournemouth Square. This was the last song that Sound of Soul, our choir, performed by candlelight. Um, so this is sort of in celebration of our event. You're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round. This is Hope FM. My focus today is on the Bournemouth uh, Women's Refuge, and the Bournemouth w- Women's Refuge is part of the work and 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 uh, broader uh, reach of BCHA, which stands, of course, from Bournemouth Churches Housing Association. And I've got Vicky here, and Vicky, your title is the uh, is it is it comms lead. Yes, communications manager, yeah. So that's a big that's a big job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, yeah, because it covers all of the aspects. Um and there's myself and Tilly, she's the digital comms assistant. Um but yeah, it's very very varied because obviously BCHA is a charitable housing association, so it covers su- such a broad range of different projects. It's mm. really really interesting. And of course what what often tends to happen is I guess if if you said BCHA, they'd say, oh, yes, housing, you know. Uh, but, of course, you do so much more. And they, although they, the Women's Refuge are focused today also has the two refuges, and that is housing, you know. But, of course, the support and the other multiple things that you do. Uh, give us a flavour of some of those, the, the range of that work. Yeah, I mean, we do, because um, like you say, that our mission is mainly to, to meet the housing need um, and end homelessness. Um, so that does cover quite a broad spectrum of, of um, different supported and general needs. Um, so we do have the general needs housing aspects, but we also support projects such as um, the domestic violence centres. Um, we also have a... Um, uh, the Liberty Project, which is um, a safe house for uh, potential uh, victims in human trafficking um, and modern day slavery. Um, we also have um, 
some amazing uh, across the whole of Southwest. We've got some amazing accommodation units for um, people uh, helping them get it back into homes uh, from rough sleeping. Um, and we have whole schemes. So we've also got a scheme with Housing First, where, which is like a, a different way of looking at it and offering people a home before so they don't have the temporary accommodation, but they have the support all the way through. So there's loads of different projects um, across, like I say, uh, from Plymouth all the way up through to, to Winchester um, and and up to um, Sal- uh, Salisbury. So. Okay, covering yeah. a big area, ever yeah. ever increasing area. Definitely, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Now, it must be very difficult, obviously, to decide oh, how do you promote that. But, of course, right at the heart of everything that, that you guys do are people, you know. So do you, do you gather up the, the good news stories and the challenging things that, that maybe somebody would sit up and say, do you know what? That needs covering. <laughs> yes, that's a really good question because it has, um, with my communications career, it's been very different. It's been the other way round. Um, so I was working for Borough of Pool Council, as it was known then, and um, and different uh, organisations. And it is a much harder sort of way to try and get those stories and find those stories and, and you know, sort of go around to colleagues and saying, oh, you know, we're looking for this, we're looking for that. It's it's quite different here with BCHA because it is so diverse and, and the the projects that we're working on are so incredible. We have such beautiful stories that come through and they almost present themselves. You know, I've got a bank of stories um, and I've recently just done the resident magazine and we've got a lovely um on the front cover there, a lovely picture of one of our tenancy officers that's uh, really helped uh, a man go through his journey with uh, St Mungo's uh, off the, the streets and now he's got his own property. So so there's, and the partnership working that BCHA do is, is phenomenal as well. So so yes, we, we are rich with stories. <laughs> and people love stories, don't they? I mean, here they work particularly well on, on radio. You know, when I get press releases all the time, but the ones that really catch my eye uh, are the ones that talk about the the so what if you like you know the difference that it makes but also people's journeys you know I mean I didn't ask Rio you know of all the jobs that you could do I might do that now Rio shouldn't of all the jobs that you could have done why were you attracted to work for the Bournemouth Women's Refuge well when I saw it advertised it was actually during lockdown and and it and I'll be honest it was my dream job it was something I was on the lookout for I'd done lots of other bits and pieces in my past I'd I've been in the police, um, I've worked uh, at rape crisis, um, I've worked as an antisocial behaviour officer, I've done lots, you know, always working and supporting people. And then this one was advertised and managing a refuge was my dream job. And of course, some of those jobs you would have seen, sadly, the outcome of, you know, now, of course, you're, you're dealing with intervention, preventative stuff. Yeah, a lot more preventative um, rather than being as, as reactive. So Vicky, of all the things that you could have done, <laughs> now you mentioned you mentioned local authority, and obviously you know working for for a council comms team, you know, uh, uh, totally different. What was it that attracted you to your role in BCHA? Uh, well, it's funny because I, I did have a bit of a, a break from communications and marketing because I've been doing it, gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say my age really, oh, but far far, I guess. over 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so then I had a, a bit of a break when I was sort of looking after my son and I was doing my own sort of uh, self-employment, a bit of consultancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was looking to come back, I was actually looking at BCHA. Um, uh, I was looking at different housing because I, I was quite interested in the housing side because I used to work for Magna and that was really 
enjoyable experience. Um, and actually, I was looking at the values. It was the values of BCHA as an organisation. I was like, that's where I want to work. That is the place. So, so yeah, so I'm very happy that I've obviously got this role. Now, you're both here today because obviously the, the Bournemouth Women's Refuge has been selected by the Community Action Network as being the community hero of the month. And uh, and no doubt the... the, the the, the, the bid that you make, because that's what you have to do in order to be selected, would have been full of the difference that you guys make. So uh, so tell us some of those stories. I mean, I know that I know that you have to be very careful. And you can't share names, but give us just some idea, uh, either Rio or, or yourself, because obviously if Rio gives you the stories, then you, <laughs> you can have a field day with them, Vicky, can't you? Yeah. Can you think of... Yeah, um, I mean, anonymously, I guess the best stories that come out of refuge are when we look at the softer outcomes, when we look at women where their face has changed and their whole appearance. Um, As a team, we're always really excited and we do celebrate when we see a woman wearing lipstick for the first time ever because it means there's some confidence Mm. and some pride and you know if you look good you feel good I guess but when we see women rolling out of refuge that that you know are looking good and they've they've made more effort than perhaps how they presented on arrival that that's that's the most exciting case study Uh, one that comes to mind we had um, a young lady a single female move in with us probably around sort of six months ago people generally Uh, reside with us for about seven to eight months on average Um, and when she arrived um, she was still um, in and among sort of substance abuse Um, and during her journey with us um, I mean I I can say that she's now been clean for four months Um, so people assume that as a refuge we obviously look at people's safety and and we have a a specialism around the domestic abuse but people do use substances as a way to cope with the trauma and the experiences that they've they've come from um so um a credit to her even during um, any restrictions she has attended any sort of group work and classes to do with her recovery virtually she's got up every morning um, early um, and got gone off to meet with different people total strangers to talk about um, her addiction and her journey um, and she's recently just been housed by the local authority and she's in- incredibly excited to do that um, but I guess going back to those soft outcomes she now has dreams and hopes and she talks about those in terms of maybe employment at some point being reunited with her children and just how excited she is to attend the staff office the smiles um, and just you know the lust for life has 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 been brought back to her um so again a credit to her but also a credit to the best team in the world i know i'm biased but they are amazing as proper superheroes oh well, well those are the sorts of stories of course because a story like that not only is is great story and it, because you're talking about a person aren't we who, who has who's been through a very very tough time um, and still has some challenges but actually is beginning to blossom for you vicky that must be like a gift you know uh, uh I, I guess the challenge to you is, is really how you take stories like that and 
present them and more importantly get people like like me and the members of the press to <laughs> sit up and say yeah we need to cover that yeah definitely i mean there there, there is some beautiful stories but also um keeping a lot of our, our people would like to be anonymous obviously yeah. um so that's quite sort of difficult as and well you have so, to respect that of yeah, course of course yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well finally if, uh, people listening to you think you know what this work needs supporting uh, and it does need supporting uh, because you know obviously every year you face challenges and great news that you've got the the, the money that you needed for the for the uh, traveling uh, what a shepherd's 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 hut, shepherd's right. hut yeah to make that lovely lounge and whatever but of course the next need will be looming and just to keep the wheels turning the lights on and so on takes money so if people wanted to support you or learn more or even access the service what's the best way for them to do that it's probably better, I mean, for, for in broader terms, for BCHA that on the, the website, but there are specific, there's a specific number for, for the refuge, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. So we, we have one uh, helpline um, where anyone can, can call, whether that's calling about themselves, calling perhaps just to have a, an anonymous conversation, perhaps starting that journey for the first time, or whether they are professional um, after some advice for someone that they're working with, um, they work for a charity um, or another agency. We're happy to give our expert advice out to anyone that calls, um, and that helpline is staffed um, between 8 um, and 10 p.m. So 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. So you'll be through to someone that, that is able to give that advice. So the helpline number for Bournemouth, Christchurch, and Paul area, or if you want to know who to contact outside of those areas is 01202 710 um, but we also have a website where you could access the information written um, obviously it comes with the health warning um, make sure that it's safe for you to access something digitally on your phone or on a website at the time yes. and drop it down quickly um, and especially with those call histories so um, yeah just just be careful and mindful um, and be in charge of your safety if you're reaching out for the first time and you're still within a relationship and that website address is that's bcha.org.uk that's easy bcha.org.uk well look thank you so much many congratulations because obviously clearly it is a worthy project and you are making a real difference and if you are listening to the programme this morning and and you you yourself or perhaps you know of somebody uh, who just needs that help and support well do reach out everything that you have heard today and the the services provided by both BCHA and indeed by the Women's Refuge are entirely confidential and they don't, none of us want you to suffer on your own. Our desire is that you will move into that place where you too can blossom. Uh, thank you so much. You'll have to come back and... Uh, and We'd love to. And t- yeah, thank tell you. us some more. Now, your final piece of music is from Alicia Keys. Why this one? Oh, this was me again, Blair. Um, th- I think this one just you because. Want to be a of- DJ? You could always come and <laughs> you know. I'd love to. <laughs> um, this one uh, is just because of all of the inspirational women that we support within Refuge or within our our community team. So absolutely dedicated to all of them. This is Hope FM.